Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Just a quick little podcast here. Check out BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money over there. Anything you need for your bike or body, including some answer gear, probably over there. You can get answer Johnny O gear. Uh, check it out at BTOsports.com. And also Fox Racing. Of course, Fox Racing, the official gear of Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey. Foxhead.com. With me on the line. A true American hero just got back from being saluted over in Italy at uh, Majoria, uh, Italy, for a site of the 1986 uh, Motocross Nations. Johnny O'Mara, Osho, what's up? Oh, just starting my day, and uh, good to chat with you. I'll, uh, I'll uh, fill you in on uh, how it went. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm in t- okay, so let's let's start at the beginning here. So, obviously, 1986, Motocross Nations. Um, you are uh, uh, one of the Team USA guys, along with David Bailey and RJ. You ride the 125, which you hadn't done for a couple of years. They put you on Mickey Diamond's bike, and the USA team, in perhaps perhaps the most dominant uh, form ever at that race, one, two, in every every moto. You yourself, you uh, catch and pass David Thorpe, the 500 champion, on on a, out there on the 125. It's uh, it's a hilly, hard packed track, and and. A lot of people know the story. The race is legend. Your ride is legendary. And for years and years, the track just went abandoned. And I saw photos maybe three, four years ago, weeds everywhere and everything else. But they've now the last couple of years, they've started holding GPs there. They've redone the place. And they invited you back. They said, Osho, come on over. <laughs> yeah, that's how it basically went down. Yeah, I, like I got the full scoop while I was over there and – uh yeah, I guess it went a little dormant for a while. <clears throat> and then those uh, two uh, new owners, uh, Paulino, I forget like exactly how to say their name, great guys. Um, they just redid the whole place. It's uh, beautiful there. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Um, is the track like you remember it? Did they, did they, mass- yeah. did they change a lot, or is it, is it kind of like what you? Well, like the landscape, as soon as I got there, is exactly the same. It's just in these, like, one-of-a-kind type little valley and just picture, picturesque type uh, Italian little mountains there. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great, uh, where they put that, that course in there, it's amazing how that feel is. So I felt that right away. But obviously, you know, they, they have tweaked it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with some jumps, you know, the tabletops and stuff that they put in these days over the last 10, 20 years. Um, they cut out a couple little tighter little sections for, uh, you know, obviously for like, uh, the pit area and, you know, just how it's went more professional and, yeah. uh, for TV and all that. But it, I mean, it was, 
Probably the biggest thing I noticed it was a little bit on the short side. I mean, I think they're only doing like 140 lap time. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty short for an outdoor course. Right. But I mean, but still in general, that it was it was there. I had that same feel that I uh, I like I was there. It was deja vu. It was just weird. Like was, <laughs> I think they said it was 28 years, but I it felt so you know special to me. Yeah. Um. And and props to you, stream or. Who who did bring you over? Who who brought who made this happen? I I, th- I imagine it was Ustream. It's, it's really cool they did that. Yeah, well, I think initially it started uh, like how Jamie Dobb got a hold of me through uh, the Road to Recovery deal because okay. they they put on some uh, uh, dinner thing with me that first night I got there and we're raising some money there. So some people bought tables with with me and. Wanted to take photos, sign autographs, and Stephen Everts joined us, and also JMB Kuzar was there too. So I was in a pretty elite group, but me being the centerpiece for that. Um, and then from there, you know, like Monster Energy uh, sent me over there on, uh, with my accommodations on the flight. So I had a few people that helped make my trip very comfortable to go there for just the, uh, you know, I left Thursday, got there Friday, left Monday morning. So it was pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I saw you had a first class first class flight. Good job, Monster, on that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the older I've gotten, I'm like pretty picky on that. And, right, um, right. Yeah, you're like, I, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I'm not going, coach. I, I hate to be so picky like that. But even in my race days, we uh, we were always business class, and yeah, I think it's the only way to go for that. Even though I know it's very expensive uh, yeah. to do, I, but. You know, I guess uh, I paid my price, and, right. and they were still uh, no problem, Johnny. We're making it comfortable, in which they did. Uh, that's awesome. It's really cool to see. So you get out there, you have this dinner. That, you know, obviously, fans. The money goes to Road to Recovery. Fans get to hang with uh, you and JMB Puzar, and all that. Um, you, you get to the track, and, and I saw. So they that you rode an old '86 CR, like they had one for you. It looked like Mint had your number on and everything. Yeah, yeah, right when I got there, I even got a couple, like, Instagram stuff from these guys. Like, hey, we're, we restored a bike for you, number 386. You know, it was a production bike that year that we rode. Yeah. But, yeah, like, overall, like, it looked good. Like, you know, I'm sure it wasn't my, like, race bike that yeah. had twice as much horsepower and everything, but um, it looked like my bike. You know, it was, it was awesome, and I signed it for him. The, the one guy that I like, built it, I could tell he was so emotional that I oh, was going to ride. Like, he literally was, like, almost tearing up, and, I, you know, it was just awesome. Good photos for the guys, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, it, was, it was special. I was even, like, a little nervous to ride. Like, uh, <laughs> they're like, hey, you want to you put your leathers on, helmet? I'm like, no, dude, I just want to cruise around and wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I wanted to do. Cruzar was next to me behind me, and he had he looked like full Chesterfield Rinaldi right. race team back in his day, but they just threw on a little, like, uh, you know, that little uh, bib they used to put on us and yeah. still had my number on it, and that was all I did, just waved. and nah. um, So that was, it was super cool, you know, and everybody welcomed me open arms it was uh, i could tell that it meant a lot so it, yeah. it was cool yeah it's really really neat that they did that i mean again one of the one of the great rides in american motocross history and here they are the europeans are celebrating it you know what i mean it's a i mean in a way you beat italy you beat everybody you guys did um and and yet they're still they brought you over they made it happen they were the emotional ones i think that's pretty cool uh, it's kind of neat you know 
Yeah, I, I thought of the same thing. I'm like, man, I, I beat their country and everything, but then they're like, they just loving me. Right. So right. I thought of the same thing, Steve, when I was over there. I'm going, man, like I beat the the whole Italian team, and yeah, but they like I'm still like the yeah. centerpiece of that of that racetrack. It's a it's it's pretty cool. I did my I you know I did my job right. That's what it makes it look like to me. Like yeah. I, you know, and I tell everyone they asked me what it what it felt like. It was probably the single best performance I ever put on in a on a mm-hmm. one day performance. And but I never discount. I had the the two other best guys in the world, David and Ricky, with me. So I I try to explain it to people. We were all three in our prime. You know, we were one, two, three, all in the United States, almost every yep. race, outdoor, indoor. So that was just the perfect. You know how everything lines up mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's difficult to do that at times, you know, um, with all our current riders. But that was a perfect uh, lineup. Um, honored to be with those two other guys, and just and it happened. I mean, probably the best, uh, like the dream team. They want to say, you know. Yeah, uh, and so riding around the track. I mean, did you get any flashbacks? Did you did you look at the track and take a look around? And I mean, did it? Did some things come back to you? I mean, I know a lot of you guys don't live in the past, and you yourself too. You're not one to, to you know, to brag about how you were the great and this and that. You're you're a very humble guy. But did it, did it sort of come back to you about like, oh yeah, look at this. Like this is here's where I did this, and here's where I you know passed Thorpe or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The corner there where I passed uh, Thorpe, it was basically on an uphill. Yeah, it's always <laughs> amazing. I passed a 500 on an uphill. Right, but. But like that, uh, the biggest thing there is that even when I threw my photo up on that Instagram, my Instagram account, like that big tall thing where you just fly down that elevator shaft. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best feeling. I stopped right there and just and like had to take that in because you just see the right. You know, they didn't say exactly how many people, but that place is amazing on uh, capacity. I'd say there's thirty thousand people there, so you just see the people and just the venue and got it really like. God, I just had shit like goosebumps type feeling when I'm when I was up there. It was, it was un, unreal. Yeah, it's really cool they did that. Hey, so going back to that day, how much looking back? How much of that ride? Obviously, you you were a factory Honda guy. Uh, you'd signed with Suzuki already by that time. That race, you were going there. Honda, uh, you know, made you either a low offer or didn't want you. Uh, they had Bailey and RJ. How much of that ride was motivated to stick it up Honda's butt? Or was it just one of those days? I mean, how much how much motivation was the fact that you were leaving Honda? This was your last race. Yeah, um, people ask me that all the time, and I, uh, to try to be just like totally honest with you, sure, I was I was very hurt by the fact that I wasn't going to be a Honda rider anymore. I thought I would just finish my career there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, you know, I was old enough to know the business side of it then too. Like, Honda had the three best guys. I mean, we were, and I happened to be the guy that was in third majority of the time because I did have my knee kind of, you know, a little tender here and there. But, I, you know, I still won races. But, you know, David and Ricky kind of were just a skosh better than me. Even if we are one, two, three on the podium, I was the third guy, you know. So, yeah. and and we were all, for, for its time, very high paid. You know, like, they had to cut. At some point, and I do understand that, especially now as a like you know as yeah. a business is. Um, so yeah, like I knew it was my last race. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But also, when, when I jump on a 125, I mean, I have to be brutally honest with you, I've always thought I was the fastest guy in the world on a 125, and I really cherished that moment. I was going right. to ride that thing to the, you know, so it just blew up basically. Like I never, I never let off on that thing. So, right. um, and that was that was a great bike that year. I didn't get to ride it much, other than when you know they, yeah, it, it, it was Mickey's bike. Mickey won the championship, but Roger chose me to ride it because of my past experience on the team. Mm-hmm. So, but that thing was a rocket ship. It was as fast as two fifty, you know, two yeah. strokes. So. I wasn't lacking too much on horsepower, and then the way that layout is, off cambers, downhills, you could, that momentum yeah. out there, I could rail that one, two, five all around. Like I said, I passed yeah. Thorpe on an uphill only because I was like shifting gears through a rut while he's just chugging his right. bike, waiting for it, you know, so yeah. it's like, um, that thing flew around there. I mean, I, I don't recall lap times, but I'm sure I probably had even fastest lap time. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah, and then the then the fact that I just couldn't do anything wrong that day it was like I just felt like I was on a rail. I couldn't, <laughs> right. I couldn't. Like we cherish those moments as racers when you just can't do anything. It's so yeah. effortless. You could have rode all day long like that. You know, it's, it's yeah. a special special performance for sure. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the BTOSports dot com Racer X podcast with Wygant and JT. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself money. Use the code PulpMX2014 to save yourself money at Racetech. And also uh, the BTOSports.com. RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Fox, 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 Fox. BTO Sports, BTO Sports, BTO Sports, BTO Sports. That should do it. Listen to this commercial. Thanks for listening. BTOSports.com. RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension. And they've been around a long time. And their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. One of the things that kind of gets lost, I mean, look, uh, uh, you rode phenomenal, and it was, uh, it was an incredible day. Uh, the year before, David Thorpe, the reigning world champion, had gone and, and, and kicked a lot of asses in Germany at the Motocross Nations and, and won, and I always feel like over here, some of the magazines, they really bagged on Thorpe a lot, and it was more of a case of, let's not bag on Thorpe, let's celebrate Osho, you know, about how great he rode. I felt bad for Thorpe at times, because we the year before, he won a moto outright, beat beat all the American guys, I believe, in Germany. So, it's one of those things where he gets looked at um, a little differently, because of, you know, you're one of the world's greatest riders, and you beat him on 025, but... 
Has, has you ever seen him or talked to him since then? Or you ever you ever had anything to do with him? Yeah, absolutely. Dave's a really good friend of mine. He was my teammate, you know, HRC for all those years, Honda. So I spent a lot of time with Dave, you know, in Europe and yeah. uh, and in Japan testing. And sure, that day I felt even sorry for him. But like I tried to explain it to people. I even said it went at the, the dinner thing that night. Mm-hmm. That was not. That wasn't my mo to make Thorpe look bad. Like yeah, uh, as racers. You know, we're just getting it done, and um, and just you know, there yeah. was a few other world champs in there too, I believe, and <laughs> right. I didn't think right. anything of it, but like, God, there was no one stop, no one stopping all three of us that day, and and Thorpe just got beat up. He got beat up that day. I know they say maybe he had no break, rear brake or brake or something like that too. They were trying to discount that, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's just yeah, yeah. I, I feel I, like I, yeah. I felt, yeah. I felt bad too for him. Not like, oh man, this guy's a you know, like I respect every champion the same. Like anybody that's got a world championship, national mm-hmm. championship, supercross champion, they're bad dudes. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to win that stuff and Thorpe's a legend in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I've always felt that way about it. I mean, let's just let's not knock Thorpe because he hauls ass. Let's celebrate Osho because he just rode the race, you know. An amazing race. And 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 you beat everybody else besides Bailey and and RJ. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, and I know RJ, uh, I did one of these with RJ a little while ago, and he, and he kept saying, I was like, slow down, Johnny. Slow down. I don't want to go this fast <laughs> in his moto. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, know, I always remember that, too, about, about Ricky, like, because I came through that pack, and I was, you know, whatever you want to say, I gained some distance on him. But I, and I remember he was like, he got a little, like, like what he just said, like, we didn't need to go any faster, but I was just so on my game. I wasn't going to pass him. Like, I think he thought that right. I'm trying to make my teammate look bad. Hey, I'm all in in teamwork. So yeah. if I did catch him, it was only because I wasn't going to try to pass him. It was, yeah. you know, I, I still was focused in on the moment. And, hey, we just, we, we're doing what we're supposed to do. But I wasn't going to pass him or anything like that. But I remember him going, come on, Johnny. We didn't, you're like, <laughs> yeah, got a little, right. little huffy, like, Tone it down. We got twenty seconds on everybody. <laughs> Little known fact too: uh, one of the single best Canadian moto performances was in the first moto in our one twenty-five guy. Al Dick got fifth. Just, just FYI, nice. Canadian fans. One of our single the greatest uh, moto performances. Canadian fifth. Anyways. Um, uh- uh, did you have any idea? So you pull off the track. I mean, you know, obviously it's it's another dominant win. Uh, 1980s. Here we are. 20. How long ago was that? I don't. 30 years ago. Uh, they yeah. said 28. When okay. I was there. So 20. Yeah, 28. So 28 years later, Osho, you're getting flown over there. I'm talking to you about this. I'm sure you, not a day goes by where you're not talking moto with fans and they ask you about it. There's been a video about it. Did you have any idea at the time that what you did and and again what a huge massive part of motocross history and your career that ride was it's, it's been it's been no, weird yeah no yeah you you just don't i think i can speak for all the guys when you're like i mean i don't i think i was 23 or two so mm-hmm. you know we don't uh i i don't think any of us really believe the end like we don't realize the impact till later you know like after yeah. we retired Sure, it's a classic race, and you know it was so it's such an honor for me to win the motocross the nations. However many times I did, quite a few. Um, th- those are big 
parts with my championship. I just love those moments. But, but yeah, this is pretty un- surreal as you see it. Like I said, I went back, and sure, I'm all, you know, yeah. in my 50s now, and then people were just, they think I'm a, like, they're treating me like a rock star. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I, like I said, I just basically look at it like, man, I, I had a great career. I, I must have did something right. And I just feel very, like, uh, honored that, that I'm, you know, I have a legacy in the sport mm-hmm. that I do, and um, it, it's a good feeling. Uh, you won a national title, you won a Supercross title, but there's no doubt people want to talk about that ride, right, over anything else. Yeah, probably pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll get that more than anything right. Or, right. or some of the other, you know, European stuff. But, you know, motocross nation, I got a few GP wins, obviously my MX uh, in the U.S. Uh, a couple titles. But, yeah, yeah probably yeah. The, right. that particular event, uh comes up probably the most often, even if it's someone I just don't even know. How'd you ride that one, two, five, that, that? You know, it's a typical question like that. <laughs> right, right. Dave, Thorpe, Dave Thorpe's name always pops up. Right, so, uh, right, right. Uh, um, or, you know, like even the mid-Ohio race I won when no one even knew me in the mud. You know, that one's pretty, that one likes to be talked about, too. Yeah. So, or I ran out of gas at Unadilla <laughs> while, you know, I could have had another GP. There's, there's always yeah. a few that, like, they're always brought up right quick. Right. Or when I was leading the Supercross on the Suzuki, my front end breaks off with three laps to go. You know, like right. those ones. Right. You're like, hey, well, I got a lot of race wins. Let's not talk about the running out of gas and the frame breaking. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? I'm actually good with it. Like, dude, they are pretty special moments because, dude, I was winning them, too. They knew yeah. I would have had more wins, you yeah. know. So, yeah. Yeah. like, like, you're okay with it now. It's fine. Sure, they're painful, but you just kind of like, yep, I would have had that one. Or, yeah, that was, yeah uh, it's part of history. Yeah. History. Um, the GP itself, uh, what would you think? Uh, how long has it been since you've been a GP? And, uh, obviously, uh, I, I've never been to an Italian GP. I've certainly seen the love that the fans have for Caroli. I cannot imagine what it was like this past weekend with Antonio yeah, Caroli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, Tony's amazing. I have such respect for him. I didn't get to spend uh, any time with Tony. I was with Everett's quite a bit watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, said hello to Tony's wife, fiance, whatever. Uh, that was about it uh, with that. But enjoyed watching Tony do his thing. He's so professional. The people were just going, he's a, he's a legend. I mean, it's just crazy how those people uh, yeah. embrace him. Um. And then on the flip other side, I just I have to I have to throw it out there. I have the utmost respects for Jeffrey Hurlings now. Now I see what it's about. The guy's amazing. Like that is I heard a lot of stories about him, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes, why what he does with his work ethic and amazing, amazing guy. And then we all know we hear how he rides the sand, but yeah. I didn't see the guy make one mistake. All day, all day long. The two days I was there, mm-hmm. uh, I never saw him make one mistake. Not a foot dab. Uh, like it was. I go, oh man, that guy is amazing. I, uh, I'll throw this out there real quick, and I don't know the calculations mm-hmm. because I, uh, I, I hear he rides so much during the week. Like most of his training is basically on the motorcycle, but they said he rides. I think they told me just shy of seventy uh, liters of fuel like a week. Really? I know that's about, and that's. Yeah. Quite a bit. Like I was like all about that because you know my work ethic. Right, you know, right. More, more time on the motorcycle, I think, is the best, the best training anyway. So, 
when I heard he riding almost 70 uh, liters a week on his motorcycle, doing one-hour motos, coming in for a pit, little pit stop with fuel, he's just like, he's pretty psycho. Like, I mean, <laughs> but in a good, good way, there's no, it doesn't surprise me that he's so perfect on the motorcycle. When you put in that much time on your motorcycle, you know, you're going to know exactly what that thing's uh, uh, does and, but yeah, it really shows if the, if he's doing exactly what they're telling me. And the other little thing I probably should throw out there, I guess uh, one time his his uh, practice bike was uh, I know his practice mechanic Ruben, and he didn't have a practice bike today. It was the day after a GP. Don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. And he so he was on the phone with with, with Everett's, and he's like, "Oh, dude, I need my bike. I got to go riding today." And even Stefan's like, "Oh, dude, just take it off. You, you need to chill, dude." Like, yeah. And your hands above everyone just. Chill today. Relax. Go to the beach or something like that. <laughs> right. He's so obsessed. He went and bought a KTM 350 just down at the shop, and just and then went and did his motos. I was just loving hearing that story. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, really. So Ruben's his practice yeah, I, bike guy. I know Ruben. Yeah, I know. I know Ruben yeah, from BT days. Right? Good old Ruben, because yeah. that's uh, Stefan's wife's brother. Yeah. Um, yep. Kelly's brother. So yeah, I know the family. I think he helped uh, BT back in the day. You know, family. Yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah, I did. I love. I love that story. That part of the story of Hurling. And how is your old pupil Thomas Covington? How's he doing? What's he? What's, how's he liking it? Uh, some struggles on his end, but uh, it's got to be a big change for him. Yeah, I got to spend some time with good old Thomas and uh, enjoyed that. Mitch showed up his dad uh, on on a race day. So, but yeah, it was go- it was going great. Like I I saw that I you know just my presence alone. Like you know he he put in a little bit more effort. And it showed in, in his first time practice, he was he almost had third. Last lap, he got nipped by that sewer kid. Mm-hmm. So fourth time practice, he'd barely been, he hadn't even been in the top ten. So even like his team guys going, Johnny, thank you. Like, <laughs> man, you need to come come to more. I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad I helped a little bit. But on that last lap, he landed next to a stake and hit his foot. So he has a small little hairline fracture in his foot right now he still tried to race but it was hurting him so it was kind of like you know like everything was going good but then it kind of went sour again i just felt bad because he's had some setbacks and now he's got a little one but i think he's good to go he'll probably try to ride germany i don't think he can do any more damage to it but he'll probably just wrap it up yeah yeah it's uh it's a it's a tough go there's no doubt um speaking of stefan everett's i guess you would have raced his dad harry uh, was Stefan at the race? Was he even born? He would have uh, was in ninety six. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was there. He told me that he was there. Yeah, yeah. And and I did race with his dad like that. Uh, I guess probably like that nineteen eighty when I rode the Mugen Honda, and then also in eighty one. I'm not sure what year he retired. No, I think probably I think he raced in eighty six. I think he was there in eighty six, if I remember right. Wow. Okay, I, I didn't realize he went that far, but I know I, I at first when he was like world champ, I yeah, I remember seeing that number one on that factory work Suzuki, you know, um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I saw Harry was there, so I got to see yeah. him, and I was hanging out with Stefan all day. It was good to see. Right. He's one of my best, best friends. I just wish I could see him more often. Yeah, really, right. Well, hey, Osho, yeah. thanks for thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. A little a little glimpse into into your visit, uh, your your visit back at. Uh, Majora, uh, one of the great all-time races in motocross history, and uh, it's really cool they did that for you. And you, you know, you on the '86 CR again. I, 
yeah, like I said, it, it's a it's a great time in American motocross uh, history, and it's it's good to see that they still remember and they still celebrate it. You went back; it's super cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, no worries, man. Yeah, thanks for always uh, calling me up and checking in with me and sharing with the people my experience. I think I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Osho. Okay, we'll be in touch later. See right. you. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbet is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave and, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The